Hello and welcome to Voices from the Frontline from the Christian Medical Fellowship where we hear from Christian healthcare professionals on the front line of the COVID-19 pandemic. And I'm delighted that today I'm joined by Ruth, who's an occupational therapist in Oxfordshire. Welcome, Ruth. Hello. Hi, John. Well, it's great to have you, Ruth. And we've been speaking about uh, doctors and nurses and many others involved, but you're an occupational therapist and specifically you work with children. Could you just tell us what that that looks like on a normal day-to-day basis? And then we're going to talk about how your job has completely changed in this uh, in this current climate. So just tell us a bit more. Okay, so an occupational therapist, what we do is we work with uh, anybody ranging all through the ages and on all sorts of different levels of um, disability or illness. Um, And basically the occupation part of my name means activity. So what we do is we work with people who, um, to be able to get them independent again, being able to um, live their lives again. And as a paediatric occupational therapist, I work with children from age naught, straight almost out of Skaboo, (laughs) up to the ages of 18. I work in um, clinics and I also work out in schools, nurseries, and I go into people's homes as well. And I work with the families to get their children um, to be able to live their lives to that maximum and greatest potential. Right. So as you say, normally those children will be coming to see you in clinic or you're going to their homes. I'm assuming that that's changed with the restrictions around COVID-19. What's that look like for these children now who are, have got a number of conditions, right? You've, you know, we've, we've talked about different conditions that children have, uh, all the way from, as you say, from the special care unit, all the way through to older years, cerebral palsy and, and many other conditions. What's it like for them at the moment? Um, basically, uh, so... A lot of the caseload I had to shut down. Um, So all the kids that are um, physically healthy but have learning difficulties, so kids with autistic spectrum disorder or um, children who have conditions like uh, um, developmental coordination disorder, so motor coordination disorder difficulties, um, they're all sort of at home happy and healthy and probably jumping around on trampolines in their gardens right now so but our kids that are more affected so I have children on my caseload that have spinal muscular atrophy or cerebral palsy or um, uh, Duchenne's muscular dystrophies Um, they have they've all been put onto a special caseload which is being managed by technical instructors occupied that therapy instructors at the moment and then they're coming back to me if there's anything that I need to make a call on but the rest of the time those are being managed. Those families are self-isolating at the moment so um, they're on their 12 weeks. The families where they've been able to manage themselves so two parents are able to take care of their child's care needs in terms of all the moving and handling they're managing or um, social services are getting one or two carers that are going to always be the same people going into the household to reduce the footfall so huge change for them yeah it's really tough actually um the families that i've been speaking to because i have been contacting them and saying how are you doing um the parents are really struggling um the children are very anxious uh, especially the older ones the teenagers um because they are really worrying about how you know there's this horrible disease that's out there and is it going to get me um so they already deal with a lot of anxiety and fear and 
difficulty in their life anyway, as you can imagine, but um, something like this is causing even more anxiety. It's also very isolating for them. They're really missing school because, and their routines. So it's, it's not easy. So as you say, yeah, big changes for them. Now just tell us what's changed for you because I understand that your, your role has just dramatically changed in the last few weeks. Yeah, so it's a bit, it's a bit crazy. Um, as I was saying to you earlier, I think the NHS is an amazing organisation to work for. It's so well organised. So um, when this all started around the time of lockdown, um, we were asked to prepare our caseloads and, um, as I just said, to hand over. And we weren't sure where we were going to be going and what was going to be happening, but we were told that we probably be working weekends and we would be working um, 8 to 8 p.m., which is not typical for a therapist. Um, so um, we got drafted into different areas and I got drafted across into a community therapy service. And this service works alongside um, the district nurses. So I'm in a, in a building at the moment, in a hospital, a local hospital um, next door to the district nurses. And we also have physios. So one of my physio colleagues who's a paediatric physio has come over too. Wow. And just give us a feel of one or two of the things that you're, you're doing that you, you haven't done before and you've been trained to do just in the last week or so. Yeah. So um, one thing that caused a lot of, uh, well, it was quite a sobering moment after it was when we were given training on verification of death. This is something that we never do as therapists, never. So um, it was given by a district nurse. She did it really well. Um, she was talking to us about how, because again, it's about reducing the footfall into the property. If we're out there and we find a, a body or somebody even dying, <laughs> uh, yeah, she was saying about how we we would remove a syringe driver. Again, that's a piece of equipment that I, I've seen, but I've never actually handled before. Um, at the end of the training, uh, you could have heard a pin drop in the department <laughs> and the clinical lead was saying to us look just take some time to think about it but don't say I absolutely don't want to do it and equally you know um don't say oh yeah I'm absolutely gung-ho about it she said you know you need to think about this but the district nurses were amazing and um and the district nurse who gave the training said you know any problems just take the time go outside give a phone call we're, we're all there and we all want to help each other at this time mm. Thanks, Ruth. And obviously massive changes. And um, certainly in, in my department, people are, are changing roles as well. And I've noticed the anxiety um, and the stress that it's causing. And I wonder if you could just share with us, as a Christian, how have you been approaching this dramatic change in your circumstances? And also as you think and pray for you know, your clients and the, the, the young people you'd normally see? Yeah, um, well, I just... I really believe that for all of us, how we what we wind up doing in life, it's our calling. You know, we can be a Christian in every different area of work, whether it's in the caring profession or doing something else. I think the people in the supermarkets right now, that's a calling. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, for me, I've been, I just believe that it's like a God, a divine appointment almost. I, I, I really pray. I'm on the prayer ministry team where I, where I go to church. And I think, I really believe that God um, sends us into these situations where I can't openly say, I haven't got time to say I'm a Christian and give the gospel, but 
I hear what people are saying to me and um, and when I've been talking to my families as well, um, I hear the anxiety and fear there. And when I put the phone down, I just um, I just pray. I just pray over them. And I know that my prayers are answered. You know how the Bible says the prayers of the righteous are heard by God. So, um, yeah. So I really believe in the power of prayer and I believe that all the situations we're facing and going into um, God has a purpose and a reason for that. Maybe more than we'll ever know. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks, Ruth. And uh, I mean, I could I could talk forever. This is, this is a great conversation. But as we as we finish, anything else that that's been encouraging you um, at this time as you've been reflecting on 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 this current uh, situation that you're you're involved in? So you know, the Bible is just such. It's just it keeps me going so massively for any Christian. Any Christian would say that. But there's some verses that I've been really reflecting on and meditating on during this time. Um, Psalm 121, um, you know, even the start of it, I look to the hills and where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Um, and I just thank you. Thank God that he's given me help. I look for wisdom. I ask God of wisdom. And it says in James 1.5, if anybody asks wisdom, of me, I will give it liberally and without reproach. And so there's times when I think, well, God, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I'm out of my area right now, but I know that you'll give me that wisdom. And um, and then just for myself, I often meditate as I'm driving around making home visits on Philippians 4, when it talks about anxiety and praying and also about how um, rejoice. And yeah, again, I say rejoice, let your gentleness be evident to all. And I just think, well, if I can do one thing, I'll go in with a gentle spirit and, and just, you know, we're temples of the Holy Spirit. So yeah, that's what's edifying me at the moment. Ruth, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Well, it's great to hear that from Ruth, isn't it? And and here at the Christian Medical Fellowship, we are all about integrating faith and work. And Ruth said it all, really, that actually where God has placed us is where we're called. And it's a great reminder to be praying for healthcare workers um, in the NHS and, and, and more widely as well, that actually in the place where God has called them to be, Monday to Friday, as well as at the weekend, that they would be salt and light. Let's be praying that you can join us every day to pray at seven o'clock on our social media channels. Um, and we look forward to joining you next time for another voice from the front line. Bye for now.